You're listening to the 40 Days of Praying for Revival Devotion. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 45. The words church and power should be synonymous. Jesus instructed his disciples, stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed in power from above. In other words, guys, when you go out into the world, I want you to be clothed in power. He wants his church clothed in power, wearing power like a new jacket. He wants us to be attached to it and it to be attached to us. Where we go, it goes. It defines us and we recognized by it. Paul knew this and he was determined that his ministry would never slip into just wise, persuasive words. He didn't want people's faith to rest in his wisdom or anybody else's. He wanted their faith to rest in the living and powerful God. He wanted people to know that the God they believed in was a powerful God. When John the Baptist had a moment of doubt, he sent word to Jesus saying, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? And Jesus replied, Go tell John the things you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Luke 7. Jesus was saying, the power of God is what authenticated his ministry. He said to another crowd full of doubts, If you do not believe me, then look at the miraculous works that I do, for they confirm who I am, and that the Father is in me, and that I am in him. John 10. The miraculous works were signs or clues pointing to his identity, proving who he was. When the early disciples were threatened not to preach, they prayed as follows. Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. And each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Acts chapter 4. Note what they asked for. They asked for power. Why? Power is what proves the message. Power to heal is what demonstrates the love of God. God never intended his church to be just words and no evidence. So they prayed, stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders. <laughs> if they prayed for this, I think we can too. God answered their prayer as evidence that this is his will. The way God has ordained it is that he stretches his hand of power through us. We are his hands through which his hand of power moves. Think about that. It's like we are the glove and they were praying, put us on like a glove and show the world who Jesus really is. 
When power is missing and all we have to offer lost and sick people is wise words and eloquent thoughts as we go about our daily lives, then revival is what is needed. Revival is pulling out the jump leads, connecting them to the dead battery of a vehicle and giving them a supercharge so the engine can roar again and it can move in power. When we say, send revival and start with me, we are saying we need a jumpstart, Lord. Our defining attribute is missing. In the Cane Ridge Revival of 1801, a huge crowd came away for a weekend of spiritual renewal. So big was the crowd that there were a number of preachers set up in different parts of the grounds who would all preach at the same time with the same goal in mind. People would gather around the different preachers and listen. Here is one man's account of the moment. He said the noise was like the roar of Niagara. The vast sea of human beings seemed to be agitated as if by a storm. I counted seven ministers all preaching at one time. Some on stumps, others in wagons, and one standing on a tree which had fallen and lodged against another. I stepped up on a log where I could have a better view of the surging sea of humanity. The scene that then presented itself to my mind was indescribable. At one time, I saw at least 500 people swept down by the power of God in a moment, as if a battery of a thousand guns had been opened upon them, and then immediately followed shrieks and shouts that rent the very heavens. What happened? God's power came as the gospel was proclaimed. It came and it authenticated the message. It followed the message like the tails of a coat followed its owner. It knocked 3,000 people off their feet and it knocked the devil out of them, literally, as demons left with screams. Another man said, the scene was awful beyond description. The falling, crying out, praying, exhorting, singing, shouting. Such new and striking evidences of a supernatural power that few, if any, could escape without being affected. Those who tried to run from the power and presence of God were frequently struck on the way or impelled by some alarming signal to return. And so powerful was the evidence on all sides that no place was found for the obstinate sinner to shelter himself. This is what happens when God comes near. When we pray for revival, we are asking for God to return to his bride the clothing that has been lost or stolen or neglected. We are repenting for being content with human eloquence and we are making space for God's power to come that all would know there is a powerful God who loves them. So Lord, I bow my heart and I bend my knee. Send revival, but start with me. Pour out your spirit in an unprecedented way. May all who hear be saved today. May all who are saved proclaim the way. Lord, send revival and start with me. Thank you for listening to this devotion.